Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We want to hear about your ministry or a ministry you love. Text the word ACTION to 484848 and a producer will contact you for your idea. There's something about planting a garden, watching it grow and produce fruit, and then enjoying the fruit of your own labor. What happens when you sow seeds together in community with one another? It's a unique opportunity for ministry. We'll hear about the Story Garden on this Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legute, and this is Action in Ministry. I'm so excited for today's episode because my friend Danielle Tejan is joining us here on the podcast. She's one of my closest friends, and I've had the opportunity to sit in her story garden on numerous occasions. She's the outreach and communication specialist for her neighborhood and the community organizer for the Northside Neighborhood Council in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Danielle, I'm so excited for you to be here today and to share your stories with us. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so start by telling us a little bit about the neighborhood that you live in in North Minneapolis. It is north of downtown, still in city proper. We are kind of the last stand for development in the city. So we aren't where the high-rises are. We're where a lot of small apartment buildings are and single-family homes. There's a pretty significant lack of business up here in our little neck of the woods. So it's mostly renters, lots of families, but it's mostly predominantly black and people of color, a large immigrant population that's moving in. Well, you're not from the area, but you've lived there for a long time. How long have you been in your community? I've lived in this neighborhood for 17. So how has your community changed in that time? I would say it it ebbs and flows. I think that with a high renter population, that that just kind of comes with the territory, with a lot of people kind of coming and going throughout the years. I've only had one neighbor that's the same since we moved in 17 years ago. There's a Hmong family that lives right next door to us. I am committed to building and not fighting like fighting against things we're trying to build. That's the language that we're using in our community. And so we are aligning and working with people that, while are not ignorant or unaware of the, like, deep struggles and violent things that are going on all the time, because we do have some of the highest violent crime um, in the city, we are choosing to build and build community-led initiatives that give people the awareness of their power of what you can do. So it feels stronger. It's interesting that you bring that up because there, you have encountered difficult things in your community. There is the crime rate. Mm-hmm. There is the transient nature of the population mm-hmm. that there's just so many different people moving through and um, different needs within people groups in your community. But you chose to build a garden in the midst of your neighborhood. <laughs> it's called the Story Garden. And um, where yeah. did that, how did that come about, Danielle? There was a tornado that came through um, our area and touched down right um, outside of our house, actually taking my neighbor's house, which is where the the corner house on our block, which is where the community garden actually sits now. Um, And they're okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it touched down about nine years ago. And 
there was a lot of devastation in the community. It was like driving into another world when we would come home uh, with all the boards on all the houses, the homes that got taken out and the empty lots that then kind of, they just felt like scars on the community because they represented what used to be there. And actually it was a group of people. It was on a Saturday morning and all of a sudden this crew of like 10, 15 people showed up and started digging and brought compost and shovels and we were so excited that a garden was going to happen there. And then they kind of planted and then never came back. Mm. And it was actually me and my neighbor um, who speaks exclusive Hmong. And I've never grown anything in my life. Like, I don't come from a family that were growers. And so <laughs> after they, I was like, I don't know what's a weed. I don't like, I was <laughs> clueless. And I know that Miss Yang who lives next door to me, it was just like, who is this girl and who let her in here? <laughs> I, she was very patient and she was like showing me what to do. And I didn't want another thing to be forgotten here in the community. Mm. Something that was started that somebody didn't have enough energy to finish. So we took it over. I have no clue what I am doing. Um, <laughs> and I just started talking to people. There are community gardens in every other aspect of the city, and they have beautiful murals, and they have all these structures, and they're gorgeous. And I felt like it was time that um, this community also deserved that. Regardless of how little I knew about it, um, we committed to it, and now it's been year five. Quite literally, a natural disaster takes out a piece of your community. People come in to, like, plant something different there and then somewhat abandon it. And you and your neighbor, who share no common language, get out there and start digging to to keep it going. I wonder what your goal is. I mean, you you mentioned that you're not a natural gardener. You're kind of a little bit of a city <laughs> slicker, I guess, in that uh-huh. in that regard. But uh-huh. um, you know, the goal is somewhat to keep plants going. But I there's more to it than that, isn't there? In such a diverse community, um, in age, in culture, in race. We need a place that is neutral where we can gather and be together and start building those veins of trust, right? Um, Especially if we're going to live here in this community together. And so building relationships with people is really at the heart of that. It takes time for people to come out of their house and to start trusting those around them um, and to build that kind of trust. So Gathering together, learning how to be in community together is really important, um, especially if we're going to need each other to um, advocate for what we need here in the community. And because, like my neighbor, Miss Yang, I just, I feel how isolating that would be, or that she has a strong connection to her community in the Hmong community, but what about the greater community of where she lives and those outside of the Hmong culture? that she would know that she's welcome and met here as well. So, like, for me, it's deeply important that people know that this neighborhood garden is a place where everybody's story is valued and elevated, where we are in charge of changing the narrative of who this community is. There are a lot of people who have preconceived and pre-written narratives of who lives in this neighborhood and what types, in quotes, of people live in this community. Mm -hmm. And so in order to combat that and build something different, we need a place where we can come together and share that story, change that story, and elevate that story. How have you seen the garden impact people personally? 
by just the garden's existence, um, first quick story, um, I, the garden is right next to my house. So I can see out of like our living room and dining room windows, the garden is right there, right? I also see when kids are throwing rocks and tomatoes and there's vandalism. I can see when people are like growing and loving the garden, when kids are hanging out at the, um, at the table and the benches. And so it kind of gives me this little glimpse, even when I'm not participating in the garden, I can kind of bear witness to the garden itself being what it does on its own outside of any effort, right? Mm -hmm. And there were, at one point, there were some kids who were throwing rocks at the sign and ripping corn and tomatoes off the, off the vines. And these guys who were walking down the street, who I'd never seen before, shut it down like shut these kids down Mm. and came to the defense of the garden and was like, somebody, people are trying to do something beautiful here in the neighborhood. We shouldn't be tearing that. We should be uplifting that. There's enough other things that we need to fight. You shouldn't be fighting the garden. And so they shut it down and the kids stopped. And so like, what I love about that is the garden in and of itself continues to nurture and to grow peace even without people being in that space. Another story is the relationships that come out of this. Miss Yang, my neighbor, um, her and her husband came from um, Vietnam, the Hmong culture. Uh, They are the ones that helped America in the Vietnam War. And so then they were left in refugee camps in Vietnam um, because their country had ostracized them. And so the last Hmong refugee camp was closed years ago, and many of those folks were brought over to Minneapolis. And that's part of Mrs. Yang and her husband and her family's story. And they had spent, um, her daughter has told me, like months and months in the jungle. Then they were rescued and they were brought over here. And Mrs. Yang, her husband, got cancer and he died about two years ago. And while I still don't know any Hmong and we still like garden next to each other, our bedroom window is also right outside next to her back porch. I had discovered when her husband had passed because she was doing the ritual of wailing. Mm. Um, and it was so gut-wrenching and um, so hard and mm. vulnerable to listen to. And it was like this two-week process. And I'd spoken with her daughter and found out that he had passed. And it just continued like this kind of beautiful, unique, and little odd relationship that we have of never really being able to communicate with words, but we've lived by each other next door to each other for 17 years. She's brought me food for every birth of all of my babies. Mm. When her grandkids go and do all the fishing, they bring us like real fish and that we have to like figure out how to like de-head and whatever. Like we've never done these right. things. There's just like this exchange of gifts and of love. I could totally take her like whatever is culturally normal for me, right? So I could take mm-hmm. over cookies, I could take over lasagna, I could take over a dish. It's we we feed people when they're hurting or when mm-hmm. there's joy or when you're trying to bring community together. Uh, a friend of mine said, um, messaged me and said, a 50-pound bag of rice says, um, I'm sorry and I care. And a slaughtered pig says, I'm sorry and I love you like family. Oh. <laughs> and I was like... I'm sorry. Oh, what? What? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> well, you can't just bring the 50 pound bag of rice then, right? Like you have to like. <laughs> no, like, or a lasagna, like everything. Yeah. What's a lasagna say? Compared to, like, the slaughtered pig. But your neighbor, your neighbor is wailing and is hurting and you love them and you mm-hmm. feel compelled to lean in. So, so what did you do? So 
I put the call out. My friend Blong says, this offering up this gig is, if you want to do that, I will help you. So not only like he now has offered to come alongside me to help me, I take him to the slaughterhouse in East St. Paul, mm. um, where we go and we have this experience where like, where I didn't realize that it was Ethiopian Easter. And so it is oh, like... Packed full pack of people and everything is written in um, languages I can't read. Um, I am the only white person and for a while, the only woman in this place. Mm. And there are live chickens and pigs and goats and sheep and cows. I I'm so uncomfortable, not because of being around folks, but because I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> I just feel so out of my element. And I'm fascinated by this process. And we're watching the pig get cleaned and get gutted. I'm in my big rubber boots, and we have all these tarps, and we have five-gallon buckets for the innards because the Hmong culture discards nothing in their respect and honor of the animal sacrifice that they're giving for food and for life. And we do all of this, and then Blunt says, so when you go and present this pig to the family, and he's like basically handing me off to like go and do the next step alone. <laughs> and I was like, what? And so like I have to drive to Mrs. Yang's um, son's house because it was a bigger area to hold this celebration of life. And this morning, the burden is on them to feed everybody. Hence why it is such mm. a gift. I reek of the slaughterhouse. I have Ooh. a dead pig in my car. I'm in like my rubber boots and um, garden clothes, Mm. and I show up where everybody is dressed well, and I'm asking for Mrs. Yang, and they bring her to me, and I tell her family, her daughters come out, which I've seen before, I present the pig from the community, and she's like holding me super tight, and she's wailing, and they ask me to stay, and I'm just like, it just kept stretching me, Mm -hmm. and it just kept expanding me. And I just kept thinking this relationship that we've built outside of language goes all about action and the way that we show up for each other. And for me, it was just this constant call to go further, to go further, to go deeper. I need her to know that even though I can't talk to her, that she knows I'm for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the community is there for her. I I hear so much in your stories as you talk about this. I mean, it's a garden. It's a place on a map. What I what I hear coming out is how much the people matter in your space, and <laughs> that you see this as something more of. It's more than just um, some community work. That it's it's a ministry for you to love on your neighbors and your community the way that you do. And how have you seen God at work in your life because of the work you're doing in the community? I don't know that I have met or experienced God more potently and in any other real way than I have in that garden um, and with the people who I meet there. I have come to learn and understand God is doing a lot of work in me, and he's doing a lot of work, I mean, everywhere. And my job is simply to be faithful to him by showing up as a person of peace, as a person who houses his love and his mercy and compassion. Like, that is all my job is. By serving and showing up in my community, it provides me an opportunity to show 
my neighbors a God that loves them fiercely and is devoted to them. By working in my community, by living in my community, by being in my community, I have that opportunity to be a reflection of this God who has claimed me and loved me and knows me and be that for them. And hopefully then the goal is that there are opportunities to be able to talk about that and to nurture that and to foster that. So you do this amazing job of leaning into people, especially in situations that feel maybe uncomfortable at first and um, getting to know people for who they really are. What would you say to somebody who wants to be reaching out into their community and they don't know where to start? We have to lean in into the uncomfortable and to listen. And I think oftentimes we don't venture into spaces that don't look like us, don't feel like us, don't think like us, us meaning whoever you are, right? Like Mm -hmm. as an individual, like to go somewhere that makes you uncomfortable. I think that's where the gift is. That's where the beauty is. That's where the healing is. That's where the learning is. And that's where the growing is. And then being reflective on that. Why is this uncomfortable? What do I have to learn here? What is God teaching me in this? Opening ourselves up to the experience of others and seeing what God is doing in the midst of of his creation and um, how he's calling us into that is is always a beautiful place to be. Danielle, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today about the story garden and the stories of the Uh people in your community and for encouraging us to maybe get our hands dirty, but also not be afraid of the messiness of that sometimes comes along with getting involved in spaces that seem a little bit unfamiliar at first. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it was such a joy and a gift to be able to talk about a space that means so much to me. Beauty in the midst of mess, growth in the midst of destruction, gathering and community in the least likely of places. So often when we talk about outreach, we talk about programs and projects and activities. But our everyday lives are full of opportunities to share the love of God in the communities where we're planted. Where are the places where you can lean into the people around you and share the love of God with them? How is God calling you to be active in your community? That's Action and Ministry. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Legute. Thank you for listening to Action and Ministry. We want to hear about your ministry or a ministry you love. Text the word ACTION to 484848 and a producer will contact you for your idea.